This is the IDP After Show. Hello and welcome to the IDP After Show. I'm your host, Jace Abbey, and today on the show, I'm joined by the man, the legend, Adam Zekas, otherwise known as Sticky Z. This is the latest in an eight-part series on the IDP After Show, where the excellent Evan Ronda and I go division by division, discussing our favorite IDPs with some of the finest minds in the IDP space. Tonight, Adam and I are going to be covering the NFC East, sharing and comparing our list of top 10 IDPs before touching on some of the guys who almost made the list and a handful of rookies who we're keeping an eye on. Adam, I'm super excited to have you here with me. Um, the Read and React pod was uh, was one of the first IDP-only shows I listened to regularly. I loved it, man. How you been? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was uh, definitely, a, we had a good time, Tom and I, another uh another british gent such as yourself um we had we had such a great time making it i've been good um you know i've been life's been busy i got, I got two small kids so you know i just haven't had the time to, to link up with uh a, a guy who's got you know who does, can't stay up till uh midnight every night like some people so uh you know um it's been great though i'm, I'm super happy to be here i'm excited to talk idp i don't get to talk idp as much as i used to um so it'll be fun to, to kind of chop it up a little bit yep going to be cool so the the nfc east is a a really really interesting division to look at i think packed full of interesting pieces from talented rookies to seasoned vets and, and everything in between now you're an eagles fan so does that mean you've got nothing but eagles players in your <laughs> top 10 or have you have you begrudgingly uh, included some of the uh, the players from your division rivals as well i actually have very few eagles players and and oh, actually the division to me as a whole has a lot of is it's lacking like the major stud, I think, pretend the studs of other divisions. Um, you don't have like the Bosa's together. You don't have all these like big names where they're kind of going back to like the Neil Hunter and um, you know Miles Garrett in the same division. You know, or in the same conference, they don't have all these guys together. So it's a little bit, um, it's a, it's a little bit lacking of like the top 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 end talent, which I think they're just good units. I think overall, I mean, especially the Eagles, taking example, um, is one that just is such a rotation up front, and I'm sure that'll be part of our lists um, to talk about there and. You know lacking some and they've had people linebackers leave and stuff like that so um i think i think it'll be a good list where it's more about finding the valuable players versus finding you know everyone knows Miles garrett's really good everyone knows the brosses are really good it's about finding those other players that you're gonna let you're gonna let your your draft mates go ahead and draft those studs and you can kind of get the value on some of these other players that are still gonna have good seasons because you know they play a lot and they play in the nfl and you know they play every snap so um i think it'll be really fun i'm, I'm excited yeah, so let, let's get uh, let's get straight into it. Um, you're going to start with your number one before I uh, go into mine, and then we're going to go back and forth all the way up to ten. So this one feels like a no-brainer um, yeah. for number one. But who have you got at one and why? Um, Jalen? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I got Michael <laughs> Parsons number one. Um, I think. I mean, I think a lot of rankers and stuff have him as their number one IDP overall. Um, you know, he plays every down crazy sack potential and absolute monster so i think that's pretty easy to put him up the top of this list and that and after that i think it's very interesting but you know let's put my list together i mean obviously he's the first name that pops up um in most conversations and you know especially getting the uh the edge tag in in mfl and uh in sleeper if he's get if he happens to have dual designation in sleeper then that feels even better so um yeah i think that's an easy one i kind of took my list in like a 
like a like a, a redraft e kind of way kind of looking at this year not really looking too much in the future um so i think that might give some credence to some of the later picks in the list um but obviously michael parsons is, is an easy one for sure yeah i mean what else is there to say about passes that we haven't already said a million times he's my number one ranked idp in redraft and in in dynasty for that matter um albeit in a tier with maybe four or five others um the IDP show have been running a series of mocks in recent months. I think we're up to something like 42, 43 completed drafts now. Um, well on our way to, to trying to achieve triple figures with the IDP Madness tournament. And as you might guess, Parsons occupies the top spot in that ADP. I think there's only been a handful of drafts where he hasn't been taken number one. Um, you know, 90 pressures, 14 sacks, 52 combined tackles, three forced fumbles. He only turned 24 last month. I mean... Kind of makes you wonder where where this can go if he can avoid major injuries, right? The sky, the sky really is the limit. Um, yeah, he's 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 everything you want and more. Did you see him complaining about the price of a uh, pickleball pass ticket the other day yeah. on uh, on Twitter? I missed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny for a, a guy who earns so much. But one person responded by saying that uh, uh, he'd be surprised. Parsons would be surprised when he sees how much uh, the Cowboys charge for Cowboy. a game. Which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, Parsons was my number one, unsurprisingly, uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned. So let's move on to your number two. Okay, so I think this is where it gets fun positionally. Um, I actually went with Hassan Reddick. Um, he tied, I guess, for the depending on your how the half sacks are counted um, for sacks last year. Um, the Eagles lost a little bit of their rotation, um, and I know they added Nolan Smith, but uh, obviously Hassan Reddick played in that rotation and played extremely well. So um, I, I kind of thought about maybe going and some of the other picks kind of go to other positions, but um, I just thought that the value that he's bringing and I think he's 26 or something like that um, is just, is just unmatchable. I think in that second spot, um, what did he have like 16 sacks last year, a good number of tackles again, playing a lot of snaps, even in a heavy rotation um, that the Eagles tend to deploy. And I don't think that changes too much, but I still think that, um, what he kind of gives you uh, all that stud potential. Maybe he's a little bit undervalued um, kind of in, in drafts. He's kind of going a little bit uh, lesser known um, just because it was kind of the one year. I um, mean, he bounced around before that um, through a different, a couple different systems. Um, but that's, that's kind of where I went with the second one. I, I'm interested to see because I, I'm, I think this, this division, I think, like I said before, but it's just so wide open of who the, the best players are and who the best IDPs are going to be. So I'm excited to see what, what we got going on here for sure. It's going to be really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I expected, uh, I also have Reddick as number two, and I kind of expected us both to have Parsons <laughs> and Reddick one and two. It's it's beyond that, I think it starts to get interesting. Um, I think there's a really flat tier of players um, from maybe at three all the way up to 10 or three to eight, maybe at least. So yeah, I was pretty vocal uh, at this time last year about, about how Reddick would need to produce a higher pressure rate to sustain the number of sacks that he was producing. And he did. Exactly that, right? 24 more pressures than he had in 2021. Uh, ending with 68 total pressures, 18 sacks, six forced fumbles. It's crazy, right? Only 28 tackles, but who cares when he's making big plays so often? Um, the question is, I guess, you know, can it continue? I think it's I think it's sensible to expect those numbers to drop a little bit, the sacks and the forced fumbles at least. Um, not because I don't like him as a player, but um, more because it was just a, such a good year, he's gonna it's gonna be really hard to sustain that level of production, right? Um, 
it's a minor negative, the, the Nolan Smith thing. Um, you know, I, I know given the competition at the spot, Smith's very unlikely to get a heavy workload in his rookie year, but he is an extra body to account for in that in that what was a more like a three man, I say a three man rotation. Brandon Graham did play quite a bit. Um, there's been some talk in IDP circles about the departure of sort of Jonathan Gannon uh, being a bad thing for these these edge rushers. I'm I'm kind of less concerned. Um, Sean Desai didn't rotate his edge rushers heavily with the Bears in 2021, and even with the Seahawks when he was the defensive assistant. Um, and the Seahawks being famous for rotating their edge rushes, as we know, uh, Chenna and Wosu uh, almost got a thousand snaps. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty bullish on on Reddick as number two on this list. Have a guess where he's going relative to other DLs in the IDP show mocks I talked about earlier. Um, like, uh, I'll say 10. Six. Okay. Six. Um, so it's behind, good. yeah, behind Max Crosby and Miles Garrett, but ahead of the likes of Aiden Hutchison and Brian Burns. How do you feel about that? Um, well, they are redraft, right? Their best ball. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's where I think, I think if you're talking dynasty, which is kind of what we did for, for reacting, I think I would. Have him, have those guys over him, just at least Hutchinson, just because the age. Um, though edge guys do tend to go pretty far in their careers if they're if they're good and they can avoid injuries. Um, so that feels about right. Obviously, the regression to the mean, right? That's if Tom was on here, that's what he'd be talking about. Um, and then you kind of mentioned it too, right? The just you know having such an amazing year out of kind of out of what he's done. Um, even since he's been in college, really, was when he was like that dominant pass rusher. Um, because he hasn't, you know, they, they try to use him as inside linebacker and stuff like that um, in, in Arizona. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's about right, I'd say. Okay, cool. So number three, who you got? I always have to start it off, huh? I'm glad that we were on on the same uh, same wavelength there. I'm going to go yeah. a little bit. I'm going I'm going linebacker here. Um, I think just with the sort of the MFL going to true position, the linebacker position is just a lot thinner than it used to be. You take that and you couple it with teams are just playing less linebackers that most, you know, you go back 10, 15 years, three linebackers all the time, every single down. Now it's a lot of, a lot of snaps where it's one linebacker um, or predominantly two. So the linebackers, when you're doing a startup or, or even like just like a regular redraft, um, it's a lot, they're a lot harder to come by um, because there's just so few of them playing and playing number high number of stats. So I'm going to go with uh, Bobby Okariki, um, new addition to the giants uh, because uh, you know, Last year they had basically nobody. Um, doing love was their was their main tackler last year, um, but you know they're rolling out Tate Crowder um, and Jalen Smith, um, who you know definitely didn't doesn't still have it with his uh, foot issues. So um, hopefully they can get back to like a Blake Martinez season that they had there two years ago, um, and just an absolute crazy number of tackles. And we've seen Okariki um, be the main guy when Shaq Leonard missed time, and he produced very well. Um, had a good year last year in Indianapolis. And uh, that's that's kind of my pick. Just go with the positional value here. Um, take him over some of the other edge, the other pass rushers. Uh, and uh, I feel pretty good about it. I, that's the one where I was like, okay, I need to move, move him up a little bit. I had him a little lower, and I just kind of kept talking myself into it. Uh, I hope this doesn't continue. I, I swear to listeners we didn't share <laughs> these lists beforehand, but I also have Okariki at number three. So I struggled with this one uh, for two reasons. Um, you know, he's not a sexy pick, and, and the number three spot feels – too high for him in, in in it kind of I didn't like it. It made me it made me feel dirty. Um so despite having him here, I don't think he's a good player. In fact, I think he's pretty mediocre as starting NFL linebackers go. But this is all about fantasy. And in redraft formats, 
I've got him here because he's got so little competition. Um, it's hard to imagine that he can't produce the kind of season he had in India, as you mentioned. So, yeah, I justified placing him uh, above two other off-ball linebackers in this division for for two reasons. Firstly, there's no question for me that he's going to be the start of all year. You know, four years, 40 million, 22 million guaranteed. That pretty much assures he's going to be the top dog. And secondly, he's a known quantity. We've seen him have big years before. Can't say the same um, for the other two linebackers, giving some away there that I have on my list later. Um, so yeah, he's just a safer option at this point. Like you say, the Eagles, sorry, the Eagles, the Giants peddled out a bunch of guys at the position last year. Tay Crowder got a shot. Jalen Smith was the main man. Even Jared Davis got got some got some time in there. And Micah McFadden too. Uh, none of those guys were the answer. Hence, you know, the uh, the signing of uh, of Okariki should be a big year year for the veteran. I think um, he's going as the LB ten in the IDP show mocks at the moment behind. Frankie Louvu and TJ Edwards, but ahead of uh, Bobby Wagner and Zayvon Collins. I thought one of those was interesting. I personally place Wagner ahead of Okariki on that list, but otherwise it kind of feels about right to me. Yeah, I agree there. I was surprised. I think, though, he because of sort of the him being drafted, you know, I think um, Shaquille Leonard, or I don't change his first name. He goes by a different first name now, but um, he it, like he was such a stud, right, for that those two years, and then Okariki, they brought him in, and it kind of impacted that. So I think that he's definitely in the mind of a lot of IDP players. So um, it doesn't surprise me too much that he's high up there. Again, like we talked about, it's a great spot. So I think that one um, is good. And yeah, from here on out, uh, it gets a little bit sketchy. Um, I think this next one's gonna be gonna be a little a little bit spicy. Um, oh, if you're ready for it, I like this. Yeah, hey, is that number four? All right, so I went with another linebacker here. I think there's a lot of good options on the interior, which I feel like maybe the way that you went a little bit, but um, I'm gonna go with uh, Leighton Vanderash. Just similar reasons with the the linebackers being a little bit, um, you know, it's, they're a little bit hard to come by, and even interior players, um, whether they because we did lose a couple of those those three four ends to go to the interior. On MFL, not too many of them. Um, not too many guys are kind of fitting that that role these days. Um, but linebacker is very thin, so I went with, with Van Der Esch. Um, doesn't have a ton of competition. Um, isn't sexy in any way. Um, he's not a bad looking guy, but uh, isn't a sexy, <laughs> crazy sexy fantasy player. You know, he has the neck thing, the neck uh, brace that he wears or whatever, and that thing is super cool. Brings you back to the '90s, which um, I'm, uh, you mentioned that you that you kind of grew up watching the '90s football. Um, so maybe that that brings you back a little bit. But uh, had, uh, you know, some good numbers last year. Didn't play the whole season. Only played 14 games. And, you know, of course, injuries are, are going to be a concern with him because of his history. But, you know, I tend to tend to play. Obviously, people are going to get injured. But just trying to plan for it is, is not really something I do. So instead of being like, everyone's going to get hurt and it sucks, I'm just like, everyone's going to play all the time. It's going to be great. Um, maybe that's not the best way to play. And I'm, I'm generally pretty risk averse in my fantasy. But um, I kind of went that way. He's still relatively young. Um, you know, linebacker does get replaced pretty quickly, and I don't know how long he is for the entire you know rest of his career. And if you're playing dynasty, I'm not you know I wouldn't take him you know to, uh, in the top ten, but I feel like he's got a pretty good opportunity. Again, you mentioned known quantity. I think he's a very well known quantity. Um, and you know kind of what you're gonna get. Whereas I think some of the other players that I have behind him on this list are a lot more questionable for me. So, um, how do you feel about that one? Yeah, so that's a surprise. Um, he's in my uh, uh, he's in my almost list again, giving some away oh, there. Nice, um, but yeah, you've, you've, you've kind of you kind of persuaded me a little bit. Um, obviously, there's Demo, Demone Clark there and um, Demarvin Overshone as well. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it should be LVE's job to lose at least for this year, uh, at least for part of the year, I think, uh, and maybe maybe beyond. So yeah, it's an interesting one. I like I like that it's like you say it's spicy, but it's uh, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Overshone's a, a third round pick um, in kind of a, a weaker class, and, and he was kind of I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere, but I wouldn't say he was very high on the the uh, pre draft boards um, for the linebackers. So kind of a you know surprise there, but. That doesn't, I mean, third round draft capital is pretty good for a linebacker either way. Um, but obviously that's a competition, right? And that's, that's the part, part of the future. And, and Overshone, who, you know, is a, is a bit of a, a nice, you know, deeper linebacker for rookie drafts is, you know, has potential, but um, I feel like at least, like you said, Vander Esch this year is, is going to be, could be, is going to be a very known quantity. I, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Um, so I've gone with uh, Nicobe Dean. Um, mm. No, I, Again, I I, uh, I was unsure about this one for a time, but I uh, I, I resolved to leave it as was. Uh, now I, you know, people in the IDP community love Dean, right? Uh, I'm assuming you do too. Not hard to see why he's got the high draft capital. Two guys ahead of him on the depth chart: T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, both left for passes. New um, worst case scenario is that Dean is is not going to be the guy we thought he could be, and the Eagles turn to someone else. But but who? I mean, Nicholas Morrow was signed, but he's proven to be nothing more than than just a guy, nothing special whatsoever. Um, let's assume for a moment that Dean is a massive letdown ends up as the LB2 there. Sean Desai gave 700 snaps to his LB2 uh, in his time with the Bears, the, the recently retired Alec Ogletree. And while there's no guarantees that um, he'll do the same for two years, uh, two years later with the Eagles, it, it kind of gives me some room for optimism that Dean's floor isn't as low as it could be under some other DCs who use more of a single linebacker scheme, as you alluded to earlier on. I'm holding back a little bit on going all in on Dean, as we haven't really seen him play yet. Um, played like 38 snaps. That's nowhere near enough to judge a player. But, you know, while it remains to be seen whether he's going to become the player we want him to be, he's kind of set up to eat in that scheme, and that's all we need for fantasy purposes. So I am projecting a little bit, well, a lot. But, yeah, Dean's my number four. What do you think about that? Uh, it's interesting because I actually had him – probably around like the seven spot. Maybe actually when I first made the list, he was at like four. And then I was like, you know what? Okay. Let me cool it off a little bit. And then he ended up actually on my, um, he's either 10th or right off my, uh, list of, of, of almost made it. Um, for the, a lot of the reasons you mentioned and a lot of stuff you said is very true. Um, and I think he could have a really good year. Um, it's just sort of the, I don't, I'm just like, I feel like there's other players that I would let someone else draft a Kobe Dean and like, I'll be happily wrong. I think with that, and um, I just feel there's other players in this division that I feel a lot better about, at least for this year. Um, and he could absolutely be a monster. I kind of feel like um, another player that's on my um, uh, two, almost made the list list is uh, Terrell Edmonds. I think he plays a lot of linebacker um, downs and and kind of gets into that 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 role um, a little bit if N'Kobe Dean kind of does stumble a little bit. And I want to see him play, right? Because the injuries, um, taking the injured player, his injury was a little bit later in college. So you know, going into the draft and stuff like that. So um, I'm a little bit concerned, but I was an Eagle fan and, you know, I hope he's the man. Um, and I, he probably, like I said, like I started out with him on the list because the potential is like really good, you know, with Edwards leaving and, and white leaving, like you mentioned, there's a huge gaping hole for a snap. So if he, if he can do it, he'll be really good. Um, I just didn't feel super comfortable with him up there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, fun. Tell me, tell me who you got a five. Uh, okay. So for five, um, I went with Leonard Williams. Um, I think, you know, obviously the inter with, with the way the IDP has gone with balance scoring and stuff like that, the interior players um, do really well. 
and he's a player who um, scores a lot of uh, tackles for surprisingly for an interior player um, leads like has spent time leading um, all interior players with tackles. I think he did that once, um, you know, didn't have the best year last year because he missed some time. Um, but I still think he's the most talented, um, like probably the most talented pass rusher on the the team. I think obviously Kevin Thibodeau is close. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is very good as well. And Aziz Ojolari, like people hope he takes that step forward. Um, but I feel like I'm going to go with the interior player, the known quantity, um, and then Williams. I think he's one of the few like stud studs that's in that has been in this division um, over the last couple of years, um, and I felt very safe taking him um, with my number five spot. Interesting, interesting. Okay, um, I've gone with Montez Sweat. Um, mm. So he's he's never quite become that that sort of standout performer that we hoped for after he blew away. Um, I think he was amazing at the combine. He's never yeah. really been a disappointment either. In fact, far from it. He's got 30 sacks in, in four seasons. That's a pretty good return, I think, considering he missed um, you know, almost half of 2021. Um, it's encouraging to note that he smashed his career best pressures last year, 62, 15 more than he had in 2020 with 47. And he's come close to double-digit sacks, so close on uh, in three of his four healthy years. I think he has a shot at uh, achieving that sort of magic number this year. Can he develop as a pass rusher? Sure, I can I can see it happening, but it's not something I feel massively confident will happen. But then I'm kind of happy with what he's doing at the moment. I view him as a solid edge or DE2, um, and that's what he is. If he's my DE2 or edge two in uh, in fantasy, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, that's a good pick. I I had him a little little bit lower, but he's definitely on my on my list still. Um, it's just you know he's gotten such. Because of Chase Young and all these stuff on stuff that's kind of been on with him, he's been able to kind of be the guy, which is which is definitely nice. And, and like I said, blew in the combine um, and been really good. Like D two is good. If he was a D three and you had two 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 more like well known names ahead of him, uh, that'd be good. I think that that's a really good pick. Good stuff. So number number six, we're racing through six for me um, is going to be from the same team. I went with Jonathan Allen. Um, kind of okay. similar reasons to Leonard Williams. I think there's. There's a lot to like. Allen is one of the better interior rushers. Kind of a lesser. I feel like he's always kind of underrated, just because he doesn't have a cool name. Um, but uh, you know, had uh, almost eight sacks last year. Um, has been one of the better interior players um, over time. I think he's uh, looks like is in for a big role this year. If kind of you know the um, Sweat and Young, if they they get together, then there's opportunity for Jonathan Allen to be really good there. I don't I don't think that Deron Payne. Um, he, he, to me, he seems more like the, um, space eater who just happened to get lucky and, and turned some of his, had, had a good, um, a good, a, 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 turned the sacks, the pressures in the sacks really well, um, without having some crazy pressure numbers. So, um, yeah, I feel like Jonathan Allen's a, another safe pick here for me. Um, kind of those two back-to-back interior players. And then I was like, all right, no more interior players on here. Um, but I, I feel like of the two, like those are the, the marquee kind of players for me. Um, so I felt very happy taking, taking, um, Allen here. Yeah, I really like that pick. Um, I love I love the interior guys. Um, I I moved Allen around on my list more than I think any other player. Um, I'll come to him in a bit. I'll come to him in a bit. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love the pick. So I've gone with uh, Jameen Davis um, in uh, in Washington. Um, you know, sat behind as we all know, we kind of sat behind Holcomb for the first year in a bit until uh, Holcomb's foot injury, and then it was kind of all Davis from from there on out. Um, now, he didn't exactly blow us away in terms of how he played, um, but he was far better in the second half of the season than he was in the first. 
Um, there's that uh, sort of carryover with Jack Del Rio returning as the uh, as the as the as the DC there. And after calling out, uh, interesting to know, after calling out Davis uh, early in the season, uh, earlier this year, he had some more positive positive things to say about him, praising him for his his quote unquote splash plays. Um, so you know, like most teams, there's there's not room for two full time linebackers in this scheme. Um, and as uh, as the LB two before Holcomb went down, it is interesting to know that Davis only averaged seventy percent of the defensive snaps. I kind of wanted to place him a little higher. Uh, and actually, if he keeps his job, he's got every chance uh, to put up comparable numbers to um, Bobby Akerike or had earlier on. So the reason he's not higher, the only reason really is uh, is the existence of Cody Barton. Uh, so Barton too played a lot better towards the end of the season, but. I'm still fairly sure it's Davis' job to lose. And I'm just not as confident in the situation as I was with Okariki or Dean. Hence why he's a little lower. Yeah, I have. Um, it's interesting to have him um, behind Dean, I think. Uh, it's, it's definitely interesting because like, we've seen him play, right? I mean, we've seen like that sort of – I mean, he had 100 tackles last year. Right? It looks good um, from that perspective. Had some sacks too, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I have I have him um, – very soon like i have all the two players you went that we swapped on um with the two guys i had going next but uh yeah i definitely feel like the opportunity is is there for him um with first round draft pick first round draft capital was a bit of disappointment a little bit more of a disappointment in his rookie year uh i think cody barton is serious concern and um somebody that i have i think i have him 10th in in curl as well i think is definitely more is definitely some taking some of those tackle opportunities away I think Davis, though, you know, is that full-time linebacker guy is going to play the most snaps of the group. It's just going to be if he can turn the snaps into production. But, you know, as we know, it's all about being on the field. If you're on the field, then you can get points. Um, so I think that is locked up for Davis, who I really liked. I, love, I liked him coming out. Um, I think he has a good head for the game, is, is very is athletic enough to to do what needs to be done. I, I was super stoked for, the, for his rookie year, and that kind of – know left a little bit of a weird taste in my mouth because you know it was there wasn't much going on there right Cole Holcomb is sort of like a journeyman right so you know I really wanted him to to kind of have that that big rookie year that that those the stud linebackers pretty much all do I mean if, if you're a first rounder linebacker you usually have a pretty good rookie campaign because you get thrown right into the fire um and that's sort of enough to to kind of show if you've got what it takes or not um so I think that's a really good pick and I agree with what you're saying about he could have been you know really up higher in the list probably over Van Der Esch. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a couple, there's a little bit of competition there. Um, like you said, not so much for snaps, but, but for, um, for the production. Yeah. And that's, that's all it comes down to with those three guys for me with, uh, with Akira Key, Dean and, and, and Davis, it's really just about the competition. I'm, I'm convinced, almost convinced that Akira Key is going to, going to start. I'm pretty convinced that Dean's going to start and I'm fairly confident that Davis is going to start, uh, and I've ragged them accordingly. So that's, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, if we're talking about talent, it could be a different story. But um, you know, this is fantasy, and like you say, you just got to be on the field. Yeah, and that's and it, uh, sometimes it does come down to there's nobody else. We got to play this guy, um, and you know, it, defense is tough. Defense is not like offense. Defense is you if you're a wide receiver three and you you know kind of know the playbook, you're probably going to be all right. You you can just get out of everyone's way. But if you're if you're the starting linebacker or if you're on the field as a linebacker and you, and you go the wrong way, I mean that's a huge play for the offense that that they can take apart because the offense is just so good and the, the quarterbacks are so good at seeing those issues. Um, so, and so that's how a lot of these guys who I think Cole Holcomb is a good example. I mean, not uh, an athlete, super crazy athlete um, like some of the other players like, already on this list, um, but you know it knows where to be, and that's that's huge for uh, getting that playing time. 
Yeah, yeah. It just be, it feels like Davis has been wait, waiting forever behind Holcomb. Yeah. I'm just impatient. I, uh, I kind of invested <laughs> I in. Know, two, it's tough. I had that. <laughs> I had too much exposure to Davis, and it's 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 left me feeling a bit a bit hurt. So yeah, yeah he's taught um, so a good, good lesson on. Uh, and we'll talk about the rookies too. I know you wanted to, but he he, he taught a good lesson in like look the rookie linebackers. There's four or five guys coming every single year, and like it's one or two of them is gonna have is gonna go off and be, and be crazy, but you really, it's really tough to kind of find, figure out exactly who that's going to be. And the ones that fit all the bill on paper, you know, it's almost probably not that guy um, at times. Yeah. I um, mean, look at, look at Devin Lloyd last year, I guess is a good example, right? Yep. I mean, there's this question marks going into, into year two, he's got movement behind him and they just drafted another linebacker. Didn't they? So, I mean, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. So number seven, what you got at seven? All right. So I had, um, so I had Williams, Jonathan Allen, then I had Montez Sweat. Yeah, that's my seven is Montez Sweat. So I was right there with you. Um, you know, I think pure pass rushers, edge guys, I think he's definitely, you know, deserves to be in this list. Absolutely. Um, then I had Davis at eight. I don't know how you want to go for the the players that we've already kind of kind of went over. Okay, yeah, we'll just we're, we're still going in order, in order, and then you don't okay. have to go into into crazy yeah. depth if we've already talked about them quite a bit. But yeah, yeah so, so I, yeah. I thought I thought Sweat, you know, I kind of um, I know we talked on a little bit, but kind of felt like you know I I got to go back to somebody who's had a, a very productive yeah. career and some of the things you mentioned already, and, and we talked about him a little bit. So you know, he felt good, it had to be on the list. Like he's, I I think I kind of made my list as like there's guys that just absolutely have to be on here, and he's somebody who just has to be on the list. So. Um, you know, I felt good with him at eight. Who do you, who'd you have at eight? Um, so is it the seven? I had uh, Dexter oh, seven, Lawrence. Sorry, yeah, Dexter Lawrence. Um, you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier on that. Uh, um, interesting, actually. One of the one of the one of the biggest disagreements we're going to have on this show actually <laughs> is probably that um, you think Leonard Williams is better than Dexter Lawrence. I I, I love Dexter Lawrence. Um, it might surprise some, but I'm I'm really bullish on on this. Unless your league doesn't require DTs, in which you could slide him back a few spots, I guess, but. But what a year he had. You know, he didn't quite have the sack numbers of uh, Quillen Williams or Javon Argray, but he was kind of unfortunate not to after ranking second only to Chris Jones in total pressures at the position. Uh, ended with 63 pressures, nine sacks, a whopping 61 tackles and a couple of forced fumbles. That's, that's crazy production for a DT. Um, and his tackle efficiency uh, was better than those other guys I mentioned too, providing a, a safe or, you know, safer floor. Um, it was a pretty sizable jump in production from the previous year. So the question I think has to be, you know, can, can he do it again? And I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I like, I like how he's developed as a pass rusher over the years. He had, you know, 30 pressures in 2020, 43 in 2021, 63 in 2022. Uh, and his pressure rate has increased over that same period as well from 8.3 to 10 to 12.2. So we're seeing that, that sort of steady, um, well, not so steady last year. Huge uh, development, which is which is really nice to see. Um, and he really stood out in in Wink Martindale's system as a as an A gap penetrator, taking on that uh, that gap between the center and guard far more than he did in the first three years in the in the league. So you know, it's clearly a role that he relishes. Um, he should continue in that role. Martindale's staying on as the DC. There's that carryover. I don't think there's much not to like about Lawrence next year. I I, I wanted to have him a little higher. Um, I'm kind of regretting not having him one or two spots higher now, but it is what it is. I must admit, I've kind of loved watching DTs play. Uh, I'd love to see Lawrence repeat again. 
yeah, there's, there's a lot of DTs in the league that I just loved in college, and um, some of them made it, and some of them, you know, didn't make it. Um, you know, as the competition got up, but I think it's a that's a good pick. Um, I probably had him a little bit too low. He's like right at my like right off the eleven spot. Um, like you said, I think that that this year was a little bit um, of an could be a little bit of an outlier. Um, you know, hopefully he fits better in that system going into another year under it. Um, I think a lot of his production, uh, at least from the tackle side of things, which if you're an interior player and you're getting those tackles and your scoring is well balanced, you know, that's going to give you a crazy amount of, of points. Um, a lot of them did come from when Williams was out because um, he was kind of manning the line pretty much <laughs> the interior on his own. Um, but, uh, you know, th- you know that's, that's definitely a concern for me. Um, the numbers are good. Uh, I obviously like him as a, as a player. Um, was super fun to watch in college. Um, at Clemson, um, you know, one of those him and uh, Christian Wilkins we were the two like big guys yeah. at Clemson, and uh, it was it was definitely great watching them. Um, yeah, I probably maybe I have him a little too low. Um, you know, again, he kind of I didn't know he made the play Pro Bowl. Totally didn't see that. Um, and that shows that you, you had a pretty good year, even though it's a, it's a popularity contest. But you know, at the end of the day, it does count towards your you know how um, well known are you and how good are you. Um, so yeah, maybe I had him a little bit too That's low. I'm, I'm a little it. concerned. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did you mention who you had at eight? Yeah, you did mention him in Yeah, ago. I had I had Jermaine Davis at eight. Um, right, right for a lot of the the competition for um, production, I think is the is the concern there, and um, yeah, that that's kind of why I had him a little bit lower than some of the other linebackers that I had. Yeah, yeah, it's fair, it's fair. Um, so at eight, I've got uh, I've got the other sweat, uh, Josh Sweat, double sweat, it's getting really sweaty here. <laughs> I've uh, you know, he's a guy. I've, uh, I've I've got a bit of a soft spot for Josh Sweat, and I I had to be really careful not to rank him higher because of that. Um, but he's a guy I've, I've I've kind of followed really closely since he uh, since he entered the league. In fact, one of the one of the first articles I ever wrote was about Josh Sweat and how if he could overcome you know the the gruesome injury, he could he could go on to become a really good productive NFL player. Um, so you know, yeah, it took took four years for that prediction to come true. But you know, after a solid. 2021 he really broke out last year i feel um what i love about him is the is the progression i said the same thing last year i feel like he's got better as a pass rusher every year he's been in the league he's kind of sat behind a couple of guys for the first couple of seasons graham and barnett uh Derek barnett um but yeah he's kind of come into his own now a little bit what i kind of dislike about sweat is that he achieved the 13 sacks he had last year despite only generating 43 pressures and that sort of 24, 25% finishing rate, it's going to be difficult to maintain unless he plays more. Um, I can't really see him playing more than sort of 700, 750 snaps uh, next year unless something happens to Reddit um, or Graham. And now again, you know, there's Nolan Smith in the mix now. So, um, you know, he's going as the DL26 in our mock drafts, which is uh, right behind... Uh, Chase Young at DL25. I kind of find that kind of interesting. Um, is that sort of name recognition value, perhaps? Maybe. Um, but yeah, big fan of Sweat. I've tried to be a realist and realistic in placing them at eight and not being uh, not being too biased. How do you uh, how do you feel about Josh Sweat? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of you said a lot of the concerns too. You know, he only played he played all year pretty much. Missed you know the the kind of service seeing people, but fifty three percent of the snaps. Which uh, you know was still in the almost 600 snaps, which is still a pretty good number. Um, you know, I just don't know if if that's going to increase. I mean, obviously, Hassan Reddick's going to be out there. They're going to get Nolan Smith in there. You know, there, there's not Brandon Graham played less. So it's not like he's really taking snaps um, 
too many more away from him. I mean, though, I could see with the age progression there. I, I love Josh Wagg. Great, um, very cool, chill, calm guy, which I feel like the Eagles are just amassing these, like, calm operators. Um, you know, has taken steps, like you said. I think someone you mentioned, Derek Barnett, is the opposite. Well, it came in good as a one-trick did one -trick pony. He was a really bendy pass rusher. Um, never really got, never really added anything to his game. Where I think Josh Josh Sweat did the opposite. He was constantly adding to his game, added that crazy good the bend and sort of the burst off the line that he was kind of just like a, a, a mid mid a mid range pass rusher coming into the league and uh, was able to add to it, which I think is big. Um, I feel like he's somebody who, when he goes for a new team and starts to play, you know, eight hundred snaps, uh, nine hundred snaps, he'll be someone who you're really gonna you know get good value on then. Um, yeah, I didn't have him on my list because I just. I, it's it's tough with the rotation. Like I don't see that changing. I don't know why I decided I would come in and change something that works so well. It's possible. Sometimes these coordinators do that. Um, but uh, you know, I could, I'm just a little concerned with his playing time. What, whereas yep. I do think he's a great player. And that like come in third down, coming on on the the downs, and and that's sort of the way they were working it is they would have you know two guys would come in on certain downs, and they would, they kind of had teams um that would come on and off the field. So um, I only know this because I'm you know <laughs> I watched all the games. Um, but yeah, really good player. I just, I'm kind of, kind of feeling that that second, uh, team for him is going to be like absolutely, um, awesome. He's, you know, he's 25. So, you know, he's definitely got a bright future. I just not sure for the, the coming year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so who do you have next? Um, next for me is actually Cameron Curl. I was just so concerned, confused what to do with John and Davis. I just kind of put them next to each other. Um, you know, kind of wrestled um, with time with Landon Collins. And when Landon Collins got hurt, Carmen Curl was the the waiver wire darling of every IDP player everywhere. Um, and then kind of came back to earth last year and uh, or two years ago, he didn't play as much. Then last year got to play um, pretty much most of the season and uh, was good until he got injured. But I think he's somebody who um, coming from that safety spot is going to be able to clean up a lot of tackles, um, put together a lot of, you know, up in the box snaps, probably with Davis um, and kind of get back to that form that he had, whether I think it was 2021 um, or 20, 2020, which was a, a, a weird year in of itself. Um, really? but, but some good opportunities there from, from a state. This is the first safety that we, we kind of put on the, on the board here, um, which is definitely speaks to this uh, division a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that pick. He's my, he's my highest rank safety in the division. He's not in my list. He's in my almost made it list. Um, you know, he, he actually played really well um, at times last year, but between, you know, missing time and a lack of, uh, you know, splashy plays, he never really got going for fantasy purposes. But I think that could change this year. I'm, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of picking him up where I can on the cheap and then kind of hoping for a, for a, for a turnaround or a return to form, I guess is, uh, or fantasy form is, is the best way of putting it. So, yeah, I like the pick. I, I don't have a safety in my top 10, but if I did, Curl would be my pick. So I've gone with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at number nine. Um, you know, he was kind of slow in his start after the injury. And when he came back, he, he flashed at times. He was inconsistent in the way that all rookie edge rushers are. Um, had a couple of really excellent games, uh, especially towards the end of the year. But on the whole, it was an up and down year for for him. I really like his potential. I think he'll take a step forward in year two. I'm not expecting a stellar year, but I am expecting progression. Um, one of the things I really like about him, he's going to play a ton. Uh, he dominated snap share among the Giants defensive ends, uh, edge rushers once, uh, even after Ojolari came back. Um, and that made me want to push him up the list a little bit. I, I kind of 
uh, flip-flopped on Sweat and Thibodeau, uh, eight and nine. Uh, again, quite quite a bit. Um, but in the end, I left him. I left him here. That may have been a mistake. He's going as the DL nine in the IDP show mocks ahead of uh, Jalen Phillips and Joey Bosa. That feels that feels a bit rich. Not a bit rich. That feels way too rich for me uh, in redraft. I'd I'd comfortably have Phillips and Bosa ahead of Thibodeau at this point in his career. What's what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you there. I, obviously, the you know the the high draft pick, you know, and and all that stuff. Obviously, is going to probably regress to the to in a, in a positive regression. Um, but kind of has to. Like, there's not a ton of other players there um, that can kind of get to that 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 snap share and and sort of that production with like some really good interior players. Um, and Aziz Ojulari, I liked coming into the, the league. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of their their share um, in in full in full go. Um, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about the the off the field weird or whatever on the field weirdness um, from Thibodeau, but you know, hey, it's a data point. Some of these guys are just kind of wired differently. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, um, and I, that stuff can come back around. Um, some whatever, but anyway, yeah, really good. I actually didn't have him on my list, um, though. I think that you know, at his age, um, where he's at, that's early for redraft. But I would definitely be looking his way um, in dynasty pretty early on, just because of. He's probably down a little bit, didn't have a stellar year like we talked about. Um, so I think there's some really good value opportunity there for him in Dynasty. Um, yeah, he definitely should have been so tough down here in the in the list. It of, is. You know, right? Because it's like you got to put somebody in there. Um, but yeah. It really is. And this it's often a, a toss-up between guys who have done it before versus kind of projecting what, what these what these youngsters can do as they move into their second year, into their third year. You know, it's, it's trying to find that balance between the two things. I've got... I've got a real mix here of, of, of I think, veterans and uh, and those those up and coming youngsters. Uh, but yeah, it is it is difficult. It is difficult, especially towards the end of the list. Um, so number ten, finish uh, finish this list off for us. What you got? Yeah, and like I mentioned, like it was just like okay, I got to put some people in here, and like it, I f- I feel like we would just be it, w- it would just be rough at least for me not to have Chase Young on here. I, I just think you know the the potential never ever caught up to the on the field stuff injuries stuff like that i i'm just hoping that you know he goes to a new team um which he's asking for didn't pick up his fifth year option that's a big red flag but uh, i'm just hoping he goes to a new team and and kind of you know gets back to that form that he had his rookie year i mean you know he he had everything going for him coming into the league um you know was was obviously like the first shot pick um you know and it was it just didn't really pan out after that injuries are a concern never really reached that again um, I don't know how much he's going to play this year. We'll see if it's sort of like a whole situation or if he decides to, to play. But, um, you know, I, 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 would, I would just be remiss not talking about the 10 best players in the division without having Chase Young on it um, because it, there's a possibility. Maybe, maybe outside of Michael Parsons, I, I mean, I think in a different universe, you know, he's the best player or the second best player in this division from a pure talent standpoint. So um, I think that's kind of – I just had to have him on the list and I just put him at 10 basically to start. I think he was the second name I wrote down. I put on Michael Parsons, I put on Chase Young, and then I filled in everybody in between just because I, I knew that he had to be here because best IDP players. I mean, he's definitely the best, and I'm, I'm hoping for that. the future is still bright for for a player like that. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's fair. You know, he's for me, he's, he's a big wild card. His, his range of outcomes is, is massive. We all know he's got the potential. Um, but that, that promising rookie year feels like it wasn't, but it feels like forever ago to me. Um, you know, can he rescue his career? I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against it. Um, but I wouldn't bet on it either. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate you having him here. Um, 
I thought about him, but I, I've left him off. I've left him off. Yeah, um, I wonder how many how many defensive rookie player of the years like never went on to do anything else. Like, that'd be interesting to see. Um, I don't know when they started doing that. Probably recently, because you know whatever. But uh, <laughs> I'd be interested <laughs> to see how many of those those guys never really amounted to much after that. So yeah, definitely yeah. definitely an interesting way, put, play, person to rank. Yeah, I haven't I haven't forgotten the injuries. You know, injuries aren't necessarily someone's fault. So you kind of you know it's 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 hard to to mark a player down for that. But he was he was really poor um, for 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 a little while before he got that injury. I think um, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I kind of. I don't know what to think of Chase Young anymore, so I've I've just gone with with guys I think um, can get it done this year. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Like I say, his round range of outcomes is massive. He could he could end up being you know maybe the second, third best IDP in this uh, on, on on these lists uh, this year. Could could feasibly happen, right? Um, but at ten, I'd gone with uh, a guy you had uh, earlier on, Jonathan Allen. Um, you know, I could have slotted any one of about six or seven guys at number ten spot, um, as we as we actually mentioned. Um, but he's had you know three very good years uh, as a fantasy DT, and was unlucky not to make that four after finishing with only three sacks, despite generating fifty pressures in twenty twenty. Dropped off a little bit last year, only forty seven pressures, um, but that's still very sort of respectable for a DT, right? And he still finished with eight sacks. Um, and he's also like. Like Lawrence, uh, who I mentioned earlier on, he's also got a nice sort of tackle floor. He's had 50-plus combined tackles for, uh, I think, five years straight, something like that. Um, and, you know, let's not forget <laughs> the interception. Um, the Justin Fields pass that bounced off someone's helmet um, and ended up in uh, in Allen's hands. He pulled it down in the crowd. So, yeah, he's uh, he's got he's added something extra to his game. Maybe all, maybe all <laughs> corner, cornerbacks should be... 300 pound behemoths and we're just <laughs> thinking about this all wrong imagine if you got his hands on a a 200 I mean, pound receiver hey jj watt is like you know they call him jj swat for a while i mean there's something to it yeah 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 so yeah i got alan at uh, i got alan at 10 um so yeah pretty pretty happy with that list but uh you know you've made me made me made me think about a few guys <laughs> i didn't have there um so that's how this is done so before we get into the guys who almost made the list let's have a little recap so do you want to run us through your top 10 just list them out to us again yeah, um, I have Michael Parsons, Hassan Reddick, Bobby Okariki, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, Leonard Williams, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Jermaine Davis, Cameron Curl, and Chase Young. Good stuff. And I had uh, Michael Parsons, uh, Reddick, Okariki, Dean, Montez Sweat, Jermaine Davis, Dexter Lawrence, Josh Sweat, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Jonathan Allen. So... Who did you have on your? This is kind of where we, uh, you know, we make our excuses for those guys that uh, maybe listeners feel should have been included. Um, so, who did you have on your almost list? The guys that didn't quite make it. Um, no excuses for me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nicobe Dean was on my list, kind of for I mentioned the reasons I mentioned. Like, I, I, I want him to be great. Um, maybe I'm just doing the reverse jinx as an Eagles fan. Um, the other one I had that I thought was interesting was Terrell Edmonds. Um, I think people kind of like Sidney Brown because of like he was drafted recently, but I feel like Terrell Edmonds was always kind of that linebacker anyway. Um, who Pittsburgh they just basically took him super early in the too way too early in the draft and wasn't really sure what to do with him. They had they had Fitzpatrick at the time, so they're just like I don't know. But I feel like he's kind of be coming and and kind of be that linebacker um, linebacker safety for the Eagles um, um, there. So I had those guys. I had Thibodeau on my almost list um, as well. Okay, Edmonds is an interesting one. He's He's one of those guys that kind of 
given his role and what he's been asked to do, I feel like he should have got it done already. Um, and he's always been a, a bit of a disappointment for me. But I'm willing to give him a, you know, a second a second chance. He'll be pleased to hear that, right? Uh, I'm willing to give him a <laughs> yeah, second chance. Yeah, I mean, new, you know, new setting is good. And for yeah. sure, a good, good way to sum it up too is, right, like he's been in this situation before um, and, and didn't really didn't really rise to it. But um, I'm, I'm a hopeful person, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. Um, I, on my almost list, I had uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, I think... You know, I, I love Tank. I, he's, a, he's again, well, he's one of those guys who's proven quantity, kind of being overshadowed by, by what Parsons has done in Dallas. And I think for that reason, I well, I've, I've um, managed to pick him up fairly cheaply in a couple of leagues um, as a as a pretty solid vet. Only thirty one, so yeah, I'm 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 a fan of his. Cody Barham, we talked about him earlier. Chase Young talked about him too. Did have Deron Payne as well in my almost list. Um, you know, he's he forms a tandem of the. Probably, probably the best interior defensive line in the NFL. I'm very jealous as a Chargers fan. Um, oh, I miss one too. What, I miss, what they've got. <laughs> I miss Jalen Carter. Also, I, I, can't, I can't go out of, out of this. Uh, yeah, this year podcast without mentioning Jalen Carter because, yeah, I mean him, him and Jordan Davis, like two. I mean, it's, it's tough because from being a fan, I'm like these guys are incredible. But for IDP, it's like, eh, stay away because of the rotation. But Jalen Carter looks like the real deal, and it'll. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be like the Eagles are the best defensive, whatever, ha, ha, ha Homer. But uh, you know, it's hard not to when when they're able to to, to put together these these two back to back drafts and the def- on the defensive line have just been just nuts. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big big fan, big fan of Carter. I'll come on to him in a minute. Um, and then the last on my almost list was uh, Aziz Ojulari. I mean, he, I mean, he, his sack rate is crazy. Uh, he's got something like. I'm pulling figures out of the air here. It was something like 16 sacks in 21, 22 games. It's it's crazy. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Alden Smith kind of sack rate. Um, but again, the pressure rate's not quite there to sustain it. So he's going to either have to produce a greater pressure rate or those sack numbers I feel are going to drop off. Um, so I'm I'm lower on Odilary than other people are, um, which might seem unfair, but Hey, it's my list, so <laughs> tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> so rookies, he taps on Jalen Carter. So I'll, I'll I'll talk about him on the top. I I love Carter's talent. We know about the off-field stuff. We don't need to go into that. It's been talked about to death. Uh, top three rookie for me in uh, DT required leagues. Good case to be top two. Not ready to place him on the top ten list um, that we talked about earlier on, but I'd be surprised if future lists didn't include him. Um, he's he's immense. Uh, I'm really excited to see him play. And when you drafted him to replace uh, Hargrave, it just kind of like, oh, well, it makes perfect sense. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have him as uh, my number two. Um, oh, he's actually my number three IDP player. You've got him as number two. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, Nolan Smith, we talked about him a little earlier on when we're talking about Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. Uh, I love the dog in his game. You know, he kind of fights for everything he gets. Excellent against the run, um, but he's buried on the depth chart, right? So we're going to have to wait and see see what happens in years to come. Uh, but Brandon yeah, Graham's seen... getting younger. How old, how old is Graham now? 34, 35? Yeah, I think he's 34. I, I mean, I've seen like, um, I we do, I do like, uh, there's, there's a service called Rain My League where people pay to have their league reviewed by me and another guy. Um, we do the IDP shows. So I get a lot of exposure to a lot of rookie drafts. Like I've seen so many rookie drafts, probably almost 30 already, plus my own. 
Um, and I see Nolan Smith going a little bit higher than I think I want to just because of the way he approached the combine and sort of like being a first round pick and all that stuff where I think you're going to be waiting two or three years, I think, for him to have the snap share to equal the production. And I don't see it there. There's rotation changing. I mean, they're going to continue to bring in players. That's the, sort of the way it is. People are going to want to come to Philly to, you know, get a shot at a championship. So it's going to be, could be a little bit tough sledding there. I wouldn't be taking him up too high. Yeah, no, agree. And that's, you know, that's, in general, that's the way the NFL is going, isn't it? That that heavy yeah. rotation and and why not? It's worked so so well for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, unless Mondale leaves, um, which he, he could well do, even the next guy that comes in, you know, you'd be silly to change that that sort of philosophy given that it's worked so well. Yeah. Um, and then the only other rookie I wanted to mention was, uh, and again, we touched on him earlier on when we were talking about LVE, was... Uh, uh, DeMarvin Overshow, and again, it's not I'm not expecting fireworks, uh, especially not in his first year, maybe not even his second year, but I do have a soft spot for these uh, these safety converts uh, that have moved to linebacker, especially if they can hit like, like uh, you know, Overshow can. Uh, I like him a did dynasty, um, but yeah, LVE and Clark might have to wait a year or two. Yeah, I think um, uh, Brown too, and City Brown people talk about, your third round pick um kind of again hitting that like you know player that people aren't really sure of and i think he he kind of doesn't have a defined role um in the nfl which can get tricky with the idp and sometimes it hits sometimes it doesn't hit um but i think he's got some good opportunity you know if edmonds doesn't pan out some of these other the other safeties they brought in a lot of veterans you know that could go people take him Mozzie smith really high just because he was a first round pick but you know i think he's kind of fits into that like like large you know nose tackle space heater type um type pick there too, nose tackle. Um, so I don't know how excited I am about that, but, you know, I've seen him go like the sixth round and stuff like that. And, you know, he'll probably play. There's not a lot of opportunity, not a lot of um, competition there for, for tackles. So, uh, or for playing time, um, you know, they kind of lacking on the interior a little bit. So has opportunity there. I think he's kind of a kind of, if he goes drafted, I think that's a, he's a good player to draft in DT required leagues just because he'll probably play a lot. Yeah. I, I agree with you. You know, he's, he's super strong, um, but based on what we saw, in college, it's, it's hard to project him as being a plus pass rusher. I think he's going to be more a run stuffer. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of low on him in fantasy. I'm lower on him than others for that reason. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Brown, people saw Deron Payne the same way. Like he's like, his, he was just a run stuffer, you know, whatever. And he had 11 sacks last year, so definitely yeah, always opportunity. Could, if you're on the field, you never know what's going to come your way, for sure. <laughs> totally, yeah, it could happen. And then, yeah, Sydney Brown. Interesting, you should bring him up. So I was going to ask you about him. I've, I've got some. Got some reservations about his ability and coverage, um, but he's in he's in kind of a nice spot there in Philly. Do you who do you think who are you thinking is going to be the the safety the other safety in in Philly alongside Edmonds? Is is it, is it going to be Blankenship? Was it was it ever really his job? Because it yeah, I don't, it, I don't it, think so. I think he's no. that same thing where it's like you know he kind of knows where to be, doesn't have the athleticism, so he's not really in that level. I think Brown brings a lot more to the table. Um, you know, we had very few. Sorry, we. Oh, I hate when I do that. Eagles, Eagles had very few draft picks. Um, I don't work for the team, so. Uh, but Eagles had very few draft picks, so to, to kind of go for that safety route, I think people are excited about. It. I think rightfully so. Um, it's not. I mean, Desai is a defensive backs guy. That's his kind of his the way he's come up through the NFL. Um, you know, through Vic Fangio as well. So I think there's some decent opportunity. Um, well, it'd be interesting to see how he you know modifies Gannon's system to if he's going to use it or not, or how he's going to you know you bring his own spin to it. Um, you know, I think they both kind of deploy like uh, let's keep everything in front of us, um, which will kind of be interesting to see kind of how he uses defensive back. So I think uh, opportunity wise, I think Brown's in a really good spot. 
I don't know if like just that that safety spot, um, the true safety spot, is they're going to be super productive. Um, but you know, later in drafts, I think it's, it's a good opportunity. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Look, Adam, let's uh, let's wrap this up. It's been a a blast talking to you um, about the NFC East. Um, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you've had fun. Yeah, definitely. This is awesome. I, I love whenever I get, you know, I don't do as much as I used to. Whenever I get going, I definitely get going. So uh, it's been it's been really fun. I really appreciate you having me on, Jace. Yeah, and uh, and and for me too. Like I said, I used to listen to Reading React all the time. So to have uh, to have you on talking to me on the pod is uh, <laughs> is pretty cool. So uh, before we call it a day, here's your chance to remind our listeners uh, where to find you on Twitter and. If you want to, to share any uh, cool projects you're working on uh, now or in the season ahead. Yeah, so um, I'm at, at AdamTZ um, on Twitter. I don't, you know, get on there as much as I used to and uh, still working for Dynasty League Football, trying to get my, my rankings in and, and that type of stuff in there. Um, like I mentioned, um, if you go to RateMyLeague.com, um, it's a really cool service. Like, it's getting more people kind of getting into the space. It's a personalized, podca- a personalized podcast for your league. Um, where we break down, uh, there's a whole algorithm that puts all the ranks, all the teams dynasty wise, or, um, I think it does redraft too. I've only done dynasty. Um, but gives your team a personal ranking and me and, um, another one of our, um, we'll call them a fantasy analyst. Um, we talk about every team and have fun talking about the draft and trades and, you know, ranking the teams and stuff. And it's about an hour. It's really fun. So that's at, uh, ratemylead.com. Really, really fun service. And, um, every every single person that does it is like, oh, this is so cool! I didn't know this existed. So fun, and uh, you know, it's a good time. So definitely check that out if you're that's something you'd be interested uh, in your leagues. Oh, that sounds awesome. People should definitely check that out. Um, okay, that uh, that about does it. Actually, no. Before you go, why why sticky Z? What's oh. what's the sticky part? Of that? Is that a question I shouldn't ask on air? Is that no, one no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I always make a joke that like there's lots of reasons, um, but. Uh, no, my, uh, I had a buddy who, you know, my last name is Zekas, which is com- complicated to pronounce. And for some reason, one of my buddies in high school just called me, called me like Tizakiza. And one day it was just like, oh, like Sticky Z. And uh, I don't know, just from then on it, it just kind of stuck. And I, I go by that. And um, that's my like username everywhere too. And it, I, it's different. I like it. Um, you know, it's it's fun to to have a little, uh, a little, a fun nickname. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. People ask me about it a lot, and I, I wish I had a better story. I wish there was like a cool story, but maybe it's better that it's something a little bit uh, more PC. <laughs> no, I'm, glad I, I'm glad it was more PC now. I asked. It was, uh, it's a risky, risky question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, yeah, thanks again, Adam. Being brilliant. Uh, that about does it. Thanks very much to our listeners. We truly appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch. Appreciate it. If you aren't already a subscriber, head over to theidpshow.com and subscribe for only $5 a month. You can get access to some amazing IDP content, including the draft kit, uh, which includes the ADP I've been talking about on this episode, as well as rankings, articles, and more to help you dominate your fantasy IDP leagues. Peace out. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>